0: Welcome to The Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Now, let's get a cup of tea and spend a few minutes together. Here's your host, wife, mother of three, and entrepreneur, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Pain Show. Today, we're going to tackle the topic of... How to Stop Living in Fear. And we actually weren't planning to do this topic. We had another topic that we were planning to do, but about 45 minutes ago, we sat down to really go over what we were going to discuss on the podcast and just felt like this was the perfect topic that we needed to discuss this week because there's a lot going on in the world and there's a lot going on in our specific area of the country Mm -hmm. that could cause a lot of fear. And so we wanted to address this head on and share what we're learning and what we're walking through and talk about it kind of on a macro level, worldwide, globally, US, but also on a micro level, not only in our own area, but in our own home, some different things and how we are walking through some fearful situations or some situations that could really cause some fear and anxiety and what we're learning and how we're trying to step into courage in the face of things that can cause fear. So those of you who might not know, if you don't follow the news closely, Tennessee was hit with one or two, they're not exactly sure, but some devastating tornadoes mm-hmm. on Tuesday. We're recording this on Thursday. And it has kind of really rocked the world of everyone who is in our area. Mm-hmm. And there were, last I heard, is the death count was 25.
1: 25, that? 26, something around that number.
0: And just a lot of destruction left And we don't get tornadoes here very often.
1: Not at that scale. We don't. Not here anyway.
0: So there's not, a lot of people don't have basements. It's not like in Kansas where there's a lot of tornado preparedness because tornado sirens going off and tornadoes happening are just a pretty, I hate to say normal, but it's something that isn't uncommon In the summer months. Right.
1: And there, they come in the mid to late afternoon, and you can see them coming. And you know they're coming well in advance. Here, it's in the middle of the night, and this particular one just popped out of nowhere.
0: They didn't predict that there was going to be bad weather. It just caught everyone... By massive surprise and they don't have a really good warning system. And because it happened, I think 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. ish in the morning. So a lot of people are sleeping and literally woke up to either maybe have a minute
1: to mm-hmm. get to a lot of stories of like shelter, shelter
0: or not even that long. And so it's just really, really sad. And then on top of that, there's the coronavirus or COVID-19. And just this morning, the first case in our county was reported. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of, I would say, fear, panic. The schools are closing down for the next few days. And just a lot of unknown.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So there's there's been that. And then tonight, we are packing up. Our oldest daughter, Catherine, she's 15, and she is leaving on a flight. Uh, she's supposed to get to the airport at 4:30 a.m. tomorrow morning to fly to Suriname, which neither one of us have ever been to Suriname before. I've nope. never even been to South America before, and she's going to be gone for nine days, and it's her first time to travel internationally. So there's just a lot going on, and we'll share by herself, and well. She's going with her class, but not with, right. not, with that. We're not one of us is not going with her. So it's, our, it's her first time to travel without a parent internationally. And so there's a lot with that mm-hmm. as well. And then we had a situation with a foster baby recently that we'll talk more about when we get to that part of the show. But all that to say, we just felt like this was a topic... in in addition to there's a lot of political unrest and a lot of things that are going on politically in our country that can cause fear and division Mm -hmm. and tension. So we just wanted to talk about the topic of fear. And so we'll get to that later in the show. Let's talk about what's saving our life. (laughs) Let's do something a little bit more lighthearted, because that was kind of a heavy introduction. So, Jesse. You had something that you wanted to share about, well, it's related to Catherine leaving.
1: Yeah, it's not saving my life right now, but it probably be saving my life over the next nine days. And that is, we use AT&T for our uh, cell phone plans and they have an international plan that is, I think it's $10 a day. And so both countries that she's going to be visiting during this trip are covered by this plan. So she will have cell and data and at least as much as it's available down there, uh, we will be able to remain in touch with her.
0: And we've used this in the past when we've traveled internationally Mm -hmm. and it's been a lifesaver for us. And just to know, I think of when I was in India, just to know that if I were to get lost, if something were to happen and just to also be able to contact Mm -hmm. you um, or pull up a map on my phone or something. But for us sending our daughter away, knowing that we will at least be able to have some contact with her Mm -hmm. and that she will be able to contact us there. I feel like that's kind of going to be saving our lives. So we're grateful for that plan. My item that I wanted to bring is lotion. I talked on Instagram stories a few weeks ago I'm the money saving mom on Instagram stories. I'd love for you to follow me there if you don't already. But I talked about how my hands have been really, really dry. And I know some of it has to do with the time of year, but I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I am nearing the end of my pregnancy. I am 32 weeks as of this recording. And I just feel like it's that point in your pregnancy when. All of the nutrition, all of the extra, everything is going to the baby Mm -hmm. and your body is just kind of forgetting to take care of you. So my hands had been extra, extra dry and I tried lots of different lotions and things and nothing was working. Well, someone watched my Instagram story and she actually has a business called Sprigs and Twigs and she makes this handmade lotion that I have fallen in love with. And she sent me the sweet orange lotion and the lavender lotion. Both of them smell so good. And the thing I love about it is that all the ingredients are things that you can actually pronounce, things that you feel good (laughs) putting on your body. And it really works. I will say that it's a little bit on the greasy side when you first put it on, but I Mm -hmm. feel like it really soaks in and then makes your skin really, really soft. So that was Sprigs and Twigs, and we will link to her site in the show notes. And she sells a lot of other things besides lotion, but I have only tried the lotion so far and been very, very impressed. So I just wanna recommend that.
1: And that's a big deal that you recommend it that it's worked really well for you because you have very sensitive skin.
0: Yes, and a lot of things do the opposite effect on my skin. For instance, if it's something to help with acne, it will break my skin out. Or something to help with eczema, it will give me eczema. (laughs) Like My skin is just highly sensitive. Maybe you ought
1: to get something that gives you eczema and then it'll take it away.
0: Maybe so. It's like I have the reverse effect going on. But anyway, so Sprigs and Twigs, very impressed and excited to find some lotion that seems to be helping my skin stay a lot more moisturized. As far as my book for this week, I, th- I had already planned that I was going to talk about this book, and then it is so appropriate for our topic, and it is Raising Worry-Free Girls by Sissy Goff. This book, even though it has girls in the title, I think can apply across the board, whether you are an adult who struggles with worry and anxiety, whether you have sons who struggle with worry and anxiety, or of course, if you have daughters, I found it to be such a valuable read. Now, if you have sons or you're an adult, then you don't have any kids. Her stories and anecdotes and advice is very girl-driven, so I wanted to mention that. But it can really be applied to anyone in any situation. She addresses the epidemic of anxiety that is going on, and she gives you a lot of really clear starting places and great tools and food for thought to help you combat your own anxiety, as well as your kid's anxiety. And I found a lot of new insights, stuff that I've talked to the girls about, stuff that I've thought about personally, and just thought about how I'm approaching things when it comes to helping our kids to live in less fear and worry and how what I do and what I say can really contribute to that and how Mm -hmm. also... I can cause the kids to be kind of codependent upon me if I don't give them the tools and help them to learn how to be able to combat this on their own and just kind of always expect that they're going to come to me and I'm going to walk them through that. Now, sometimes kids are going to need that, but she really encourages you to slowly kind of let your kids learn to do these things on their own so that you are not the one who is kind of helping them be worry-free, but they Mm -hmm. are on their own empowered that they can go to the Lord, that they can do these exercises, that they can change their thoughts and that they can use these tools to live with a lot less anxiety and worry. So again, that was Raising Worry-Free Girls by Sissy Goff. And we'll put the link to that in the show notes. And I did want to mention that of course, it's not a replacement for counseling or therapy but I think it's a fantastic starting point if you feel like your child is struggling with anxiety and you're just not sure what to do. And she also kind of walks you through how to know if you need to consider counseling or therapy, which I know a lot of parents are like, I don't know, Does, is this is this something I should be concerned about? It's kind of funny. Should I be worried about my kid <laughs> worrying? But she helps you to process through that. I wanted to share, we've been getting some great, kind reviews on iTunes for the podcast. And I just want to tell you all, thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your encouraging emails that you send in every single week. We love your feedback, but your iTunes reviews, it really does help the podcast get out there to more people. And so thank you for those of you who take the time and effort to leave those reviews. But this was from Lisa and she said, I have been following Crystal's blog for almost 10 years. She has always inspired me with her cooking and family management strategies. However, her podcast has been inspiring. She is very authentic sharing her struggles, but also inspiring inspires you to stop and rest in life with your family, with your faith, et cetera. I look forward to it every week. Thank you so much, Lisa. And I'm just very humbly grateful. And Jesse and I will both say, you know, we just, we love getting the opportunity to record this podcast every week. Mm -hmm. And we so appreciate all of you who tune in and listen. Speaking of reader feedback, We have gotten so much response to our mentions of thin mints. Jesse, thank you for buying those cookies because a lot of people have a lot of things to say about thin mints. I did not know that. But we got another tip. Not only did people write in, I think I might have mentioned this, they talked about freezing it. I don't know if I mentioned that people talked about how you can get. Thin Mints, a Thin Mint knockoff at Aldi, but then unfortunately they stopped selling it. Did they stop
1: selling it at the same time that they stopped selling the Thin Mint Girl Scout cookies?
0: No, I guess they just pulled them from the shelves is what multiple people are telling me because I ask on Instagram stories because I was so excited that Aldi had this Thin Mint knockoff that was a lot less expensive. And then people said, no, they stopped selling it. But I got another tip for you. So this one came from a listener. She said, I just listened to your podcast and heard you talk about how you can't eat Thin Mints right now because of pregnancy. For those who missed the other episodes, I talked about how Thin Mints give me acid reflux right now. So,
1: Which is why I bought them.
0: (laughs) You are so mean. (laughs) She said, can I tell you Keebler grasshopper cookies are the exact same thing. And being a fellow Kroger shopper, they're often on sale. Buy five, save $5. You can get them for about $1.50 per box. So basically, I eat them all year round. So there you go. I Now I want to hear from people. Are the grasshopper cookies the same thing or not? What do you think? Maybe we need to do a taste test. Maybe we need to... Do they still... Are the Girl Scout cookies still being sold?
1: I'm not sure. I haven't seen any booths around.
0: I just saw one recently. But anyway... We need to check those out and see because, hey, you're around for $1.50 a package. That sounds like a good deal to me. All right. Let's dive into fear. Like I said, there's a lot going on in the world politically when it comes to, you know, fear over this coronavirus and what is going to happen with that And how is that going to affect us economically? How is that Mm going to affect so many different people's jobs? And then also in our local area, not only the tornadoes and that's kind of dredged up fear over, you know, if there's going to be another storm, is there Mm going to be another tornado and then letting our daughter go on that plane tomorrow and fly so far away without us. But then also I mentioned that we had a situation recently, we were contacted through the foster care system about taking in a newborn baby and we kind of went through the whole process and there was a lot that we had to think through and pray through. And we kind of worked through all of that and got to this place of, okay, we're going to say yes. So we said yes. And, for a number of days, we thought we were going to be getting the call. Any day. Any moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and based upon the information they were giving us, the call was going to be coming. And then we waited and we waited and we waited and the call didn't come.
1: Yeah. And we were, kept maintaining contact and we kept feeling that the call was going to be imminent.
0: Yes. And so there, for me, there was a lot of emotion wrapped up into that and was kind of an entire roller coaster week for me emotionally of you know the call's gonna happen anytime and I worked through all what would what it would be like that we were gonna have a our own baby and then taking a foster baby and how I was gonna do two newborns and when was it gonna happen and how were we gonna work out all the details of everything. And my planner brain needed to know.
1: Yes. Your planner brain needed to know, but your mother brain also kicked in in feeling empathy towards the child
0: exactly, and, and, and I think
1: that that played probably even more of a role than the planner brain did
0: i yes, and I agree with that, and I think that there was this yearning for me, like my mama heart was going out to this baby who needed a home mm-hmm. and thinking of just there were so many emotions with that and is this child okay? Is this child being taken care of? Where is this child right now? What is going on? Mm -hmm. And processing through all of that, but then also processing the whole thought of, okay, so if we take this child in and then what about this child in my womb and am I going to be able to do a good job of mothering both of them at the same time and what's that going to look like and for my older kids and just so many different things. And Mm -hmm. I think there was... This fear of the unknown, the fear of having to kind of let go of things that I had kind of, oh, this was my plan. And Mm -hmm. then just every day kind of letting that go because I just didn't know. And then there was a fear of it's so out of my control. And that was so hard for me to just not know and to feel like, I had zero control. There was nothing that I could do. I couldn't go and just make a phone call and go rescue this child. Like I was at the mercy of other people. And there's still a possibility that we're going to get a call. <laughs> we, yeah. we don't it's still know. Still up in the air. We don't know for sure. But they finally told us. Uh, I think it was a week ago. They said, "Just live your life. Go about your normal life." And we'll, we'll call you. you. <laughs>
1: we'll call you when we're ready for it. Yes. You.
0: So that, for me, there was a lot that I've processed regarding that in the last week. And if you listen to last week's episode with John Eldridge, I shared a little bit about a situation where I had to just breathe, set my timer for 15 minutes, and literally say out loud, I let this go. And it was actually about that situation with the foster baby. And for me, that exercise of verbally stating it out loud I let this go. I give you this baby. I trust you that this child is being well taken care of somewhere and Mm -hmm. I can trust you with that. And wherever this child is going to go, whatever home this child is going to go into, I am going to trust you that it's going to be a safe, loving home with safe, loving parents who are going to take care of this child. And just really verbally acknowledging that and opening up my hands and giving it to god. And I mm-hmm. I literally laid on the bed and I opened up my hands and I said all this out loud. And after that 15 minutes, it turned my day around, but it also turned my whole perspective around because I think I was holding on to this really tightly. Like I needed to make sure that this child was going to be okay. I needed to have a plan to make sure that this was all going to work out. I needed to process through all these things. And I was really living in fear of the future and living in fear of today and living in fear, taking on the burdens of this child that was completely out of my control.
1: And if we were to have, gotten the child, when you were in the midst of living in that fear, we would not have received that child in the proper mindset and the proper heart. Mm. You would have continued living in fear. It just manifests itself in different ways, like anxiety that we're not taking care of the child correctly or in, in some other manifestation
0: or that I'm not doing enough or I'm not taking care of myself so then taking mm-hmm. care of the baby in my womb you know just so many different things and so that was so good for me and, and then I think you know then kind of moving on into the tornadoes and coronavirus and all that has been going on with that political unrest economic unrest and all the things that are being batted about in the media which I probably should just turn off the TV but <laughs> I have been following things really closely considering the fact that we are sending our daughter to another country and so mm-hmm. I just really wanted to make sure that I had done my due diligence done my research and um and so I think you know when it comes to fear I was thinking what are those things that can really help you to stop living in fear well that exercise like John talked about last week of truly verbally letting go And stopping and taking that pause one minute or five minutes or 10 minutes, or for me, it was 15 minutes, and thinking, What am I carrying on my shoulders? Like, what is the weight that I'm carrying right now? And verbally letting that go. But then also asking myself, What is mine to own Mm -hmm. in this situation? Because it's not just this letting go. I think we also do have personal responsibility. And so I think with Catherine, I mean, I feel like that's something that we've taken very seriously in letting her go. Would you agree? Yes. And doing research and making sure that we have, you know, well prepared her for wash your hands, use Mm -hmm. hand sanitizer, be very careful what you touch. Don't touch your face and your mouth and all of that.
1: Well, and that goes to fear is not a bad emotion. It is bad to live in it and dwell on it and stay there. The question is, what are you going to do with that fear once it starts welling up? Because I think it's fear is important. It's a signal. Something isn't quite right. There, You need to have more attention to this one particular area that is causing this fear. There's a reason that, that light is uh, blaring in your head. What are you going to do with it? Just plan. Make sure you have contingencies. Make sure that you have your ducks in a row. Make sure you know what you're going to do next and move forward. Don't stop. Don't Stay in that stuck in that one place, move forward with the information that you have and the with the plan that you have
0: well I was thinking that fear, like you said, can be such a helpful thing because mm-hmm. it can tell us, oh, something's wrong, we need to
1: there's danger shift
0: somewhere. gears, there's danger, but if it paralyzes you, that's when it's a problem right. so if there is an oncoming car. You know, all of a sudden you're driving along and a car just swerves into your path. You know, that like getting your, your heart kind of goes up into your throat. And that is literally fear Mm -hmm. that is telling you, you need to act. And so if you just let it paralyze you, you're going to get hurt. Mm -hmm. But if you let it propel you to take action, Mm -hmm. that is a good thing. And so I love that you said fear is not necessarily a bad thing. It is a warning sign, but it's what you do with that fear. And so what action do you need to take? If you're living in fear, where is that fear coming from? Mm -hmm. Is it something that is a warning signal to you that is a healthy warning signal that, you know, maybe it's that you have this check in your spirit about a relationship that you're like, something's not right here Mm -hmm. and maybe that you need to have a hard conversation or maybe that you need to set some boundaries or that there's something that you're going to get hurt and your body and your brain and your spirit is telling you something's not right. And so really take that, do that heart check of if you have, you know, if it's an oncoming train, jump out of the way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But if it's other types of fear, stopping and saying, where is this coming from and what action do I need to take? And I think for me, you know, when it came to the foster baby, it was, there's nothing that I can do. I mentally and emotionally prepared myself to receive this child.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I opened up my heart to that. We prepared our home so that we could receive this child. But there's nothing else I can do besides pray for this child. Mm-hmm. And so that is something that I've been doing on a very regular basis. But then beyond that, I need to live my life and not let it just stop me in my tracks and be like, well, we could get the call at any moment. So I just, I'm paralyzed.
1: And remember that God is in control. I mean, th- think of if, if there have been so many things that have happened in our life over the past two weeks that I don't know if we had received the child at the time when we thought we were going to be getting it. I don't know what we would have done. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, but God's timing is perfect in that we have not welcomed the child yet.
0: Yeah. And I think with Catherine, you know, it's like we want to prepare her well, make sure that she has medicine, make sure that she has packed well for her trip and she's mentally and emotionally prepared. And mm-hmm. we've talked through different insecurities and fears and things that she has going into this. And she's done her research and all of that. But then ultimately we have to let her go.
1: Right. And And she's done a great job preparing herself for this and mm -hmm. whether it be preparing packing lists or agendas or or plans for clothes, she's done all this all on her own. Mm -hmm. And it's been great to see the maturity that has developed in her because of it.
0: And I think as parents, we can either walk in fear or we can walk by faith. And I want to be a parent that walks by faith that says, I want to raise adults. And so part of raising adults instead of codependent children is that I have to let you go. And that's not always easy. And yes, there's a part of my heart that kind of is going with her thinking, I wish I could be there to experience what she's experiencing. But at the same time, I'm so happy for her to get to do this on her own because this is going to enable and empower her Mm -hmm. to face other fears in her future. And this is going to give her courage in the future. And honestly, it's been so cool to see how she isn't afraid of this trip. Mm -mm. And a few years ago, she she would would have been been Mm -hmm. so afraid, but because we've taken those baby steps of, you know, flying on planes and having her pack for her own trips from the time she was very young and then having, taking her on international trips and then her seeing both of us go on international trips on our own Mm -hmm. and face situations that were scary and hard and and uncomfortable and awkward and us talk about that with her. Mm -hmm. And so it's really cool for her to then now get to step into that.
1: Well, and to step into and into the area that's right outside of her comfort zone because that's where growth is. So I'm really excited for her to see how she's going to grow from this.
0: And so just to wrap all of this up, as we think about how to stop living in fear, I think to remember that fear is not wrong. It's what you do with that fear. And so do you let it paralyze you or do you let it propel you to take healthy action? Making sure that you also are asking, what's mine to own in this? What action do I need to take? What does that look like? And then letting go of those things that you cannot control. And I think also it's making sure that you are feeding your mind and your soul with good thoughts. Because Mm -hmm. it's kind of like that book, Raising Worry-Free Girls. If we just sit In the worry loop she Mm -hmm. talks about, it's only going to get bigger, but it's when we change that loop and it's a slow process of telling ourselves the truth, of believing the truth, of saying the truth, of redirecting our thoughts from fearful thoughts to thoughts that are going to be positive and truthful thoughts. And it's that exercise of doing it again and again and again and building that muscle. And the more that we do that, the less we're going to be paralyzed by fear and the more that we're going to be empowered to live in courage. Thank you so much for joining us today. As always, we love your feedback. I talked about this earlier in the show, but hearing from you, getting your messages every week, it's one of our highlights. So if you have any thoughts, if you love to share how you have handled fear or what has helped you if you have struggled with fear, how you have walked into more courage in your life or helped your kids with this, we'd love to hear from you. You can send an email to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. And we will look forward to chatting with you again next week. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.